Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. My podcast features some of the most amazing stories that I had ever read and some of the most amazing stories that I have ever written. I will also be sharing passages from some up-and-coming authors as well as those who have moved on to their next journey in this life. From my stories, I will be sharing true life experiences, and I hope that you are able to grasp the meaning that is hidden behind each and every one of my stories. As I said, my name is Queen Zoya Counts. You can reach me at queenzoya at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter under Arthur Queen Zoya Counts. And if you have a book or a story you would like to share, please reach out to me. And I would love to have the chance to share your story and your experience, whether it is fiction or non-fiction. Peace. Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to read to you a short story titled Ebo Landon, written by Ishan Bracey. This short story was written in 1998, and I found this short story in Dark Matter, Reading the Bones, which was edited by Cherie R. Thomas, creator of the Dark Matter series. Ebo Landing, Ishan Bracing. They would not remove themselves from his mind. He dreamt of them, of her, every night. They all did. The mass of human flesh lay beached upon the shore in the pale early dawn. They were indistinguishable. They were poured upon the sands, fished out of nets like pounds of shrimp. As his eyes adjusted to the light, he could make out land. He wandered as he watched the ghosts move about to what special hell he had brought. He would never forget the sound of teeth gnashing as she gave herself to the sea. She gave herself to the sea. There was no struggle. She sensed him behind her. She reached back as his hand found hers. She squeezed it tight. And she had only time to grab him before being engulfed by water. Raspberry heard the unloading all night as the sun began to rise. He could make out the mound of brown human flesh on the shore and the shadow of the ship beyond. He could feel people all around him. He had grown used to this communal form. He had lost the perimeters of his own body just as he had given up the designs of his soul. It took all his efforts to open his eyes for so long it had seemed so useless, confined to the shadows and darkness as he had been. Ghosts moved about freely, unconcerned for their cargo. There was a sense of exhilaration and completion that came at the end of each journey. Satisfaction 
Having delivered over half of their cargo safely, they waited for the auction and the payment of their money. As the sun rose, the mound began to move, warmed as they were by the sun. They no longer clung to each other. As the thaw of the journey and the last night's unloading set in, the cold subsided. They each began to take back their limbs. They all remembered Kiobi's dreams among those of the other women the ghost had chosen. Kiobi had been taken for the longest, passed around as she was. No one had seen her for two risings of the moon. They had begun to think of her as lost when she returned bloody, taken, wet, with the pollution of many ghosts. She cried until she fell asleep, then she screamed until she worked herself to cry. Atiba saw from her one corner of the vessel. She saw him. He saw it in the look in her eyes. She knew it in his. By the time he reached the railing, she had already leaped. He focused on where the waters had withdrawn her. He eluded the hands of many ghosts reaching. He jumped after. Sharks that followed the ship of death continued in the process of their evolution, cleaning the waste and filth drawn as they were by the blood of her taking and the remains of the communal blood in which they had lain. They all remembered it would not escape their dreams. Slowly they returned to life, scared, scarred by the passage they had crossed. They were the bridge. Generations would cross through their collective womb. Each in their own way understood the distance they would never again be home. There were many tongues, many peoples among them. Most were still chained. Slowly they were released into a pen, washed, clothed, then given some gruel to eat, passed by ladle, by ghost, from one communal pale. As they were released, they drifted together in the communal pen. It was here that for the first time, many of them were able to find the sister tongues that had heard in the darkness. That darkness lying one upon the other, barely breathing, constant, endless shifting in the struggle for room. All would not survive. It had seen him in eternity before the one voice called out for silence. Those of his tongue indicated this to each who was near. And this way, slowly, the silence had been achieved. Calling the name of a people, those of that tongue would cry out, searching for information, a sound, a name, a place, anything familiar, any visage of their ever-distancing home. It was on that day when a young warrior's son urged the people to learn the sounds of one in bondage beside them, that resistance was born, resistance which gave birth to survival. So many died, so many gave themselves to the sea. Amazingly, the eyes adapted to the darkness, to whatever little light surrendered itself to the virtually non-existence openings in the belly of a wooden ship. Next had come the arduous task of moving each day at least one shift. As the voyage continued, there had been more room. There had been death, left to rot amidst them. They had lost so many fluids everywhere from every opening of the living, the dying, and the dead, and this was constant in which they survived. One quarter of the cargo was brought above each day, drenched in the waters of the sea, made to move, danced, and returned to the constant. The mythology developed by the success of the many crossings. Among them were a people who did not speak. The people of the silence could hear the thoughts of one another. They alone knew the fate in each cargo holds. Otiba had known each of the Kiobi thoughts through every screen they all had. They waited until the washing was complete. The morning moon watched. Silently, they turned. 
began walking back toward the water. Movement was undetected for several minutes. Their guard was down. They had passed the night. The cargo had been washed, fed, clothed, and pinned. Auction was set for high sun. The pens were guarded heaviest on the sides near the woods, near where the auction would take place. The slavers had the heel to overlook their prized cargo. It was a while before they noticed a silent band of thirty or more moving without hesitation toward the waters. And as they reached the limits of the pen, they jumped in as one. They turned out ahead even as the sounds of agitation grew behind them. They quickly crossed the distance of the natural harbor. The slavers were stunned, cautious. They sprang into action. Quickly, they realized they could cut off every path except the one which led to the water. They reached for their guns but were confused, fearful to injure even a single piece of cargo if it could be helped. Suddenly angry, they contemplated their loss. As if breaking out of a dream state, the slavers suddenly broke into a panic run, each person nonstop, blaspheming their God and their love. Then they suddenly stopped, silenced by what they saw but could not comprehend. Raspberry watch from the hill. It was through him the story was remembered and the truth told. As they reached the place of waves, each one would grab the hand of the one before, stepping over wave after wave. They strove confidently, unhurriedly past the ship lying in the sunrise. Nearly everyone in the vicinity of Ebo Landing that day came to sea before the silent band was lost from sight. Ebo Landing, I'm quite sure if you are African American, you have heard the story of Ebo Landing. Ebo Landing was where they say that this is um, some slaves were taken aboard and they decided to turn around and they walked across the water and they walked home. This story was well written. I remember watching the Daughters of the Dust, sorry, and that was when I first heard this story about Ebo Landing and how they walked across the water in Ebo Landing. And, and this, the Daughters of the Dust took place in South Carolina. And I remember how they were saying how the slaves gathered up. They refused to be slaves. They wanted to go home and they held hands in a single line, one behind each other. And they walked across the water heading back home. I'm not going to say it's not a true story. I'm not going to say that because I believe in so much. But it makes you think that if you have a strong determination and a strong willpower to do something, you can do it and you can achieve it. And it might be some people around you that may not believe it, but nobody can stop you, especially when you have seen things and have been through things and have experienced things that other people have not experienced and other people have not seen. That alone should give you that determination and that willpower to still be able to achieve your goals, to still be able to follow your dreams and to still be able to get back to that place that you call home no matter where it is and no matter what side of the world you are on. My name is Queen Zoya Counts and I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Peace.